0: Welcome to the Three Strands Church Sermon Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It is our hope and prayer that you will experience God's blessing in your life through our ministry. At Three Strands Church, our goal is to create a culture of redemption where people are free to experience the truth and grace of Jesus Christ. Before I get started, we've got to see something. We've got to see how much you like to travel, right? So, by, by hand raise. Uh, have you been out of the state before? Come on. That's a give me, right? That's, 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 that's kindergarten stuff. Okay. Um, maybe you have been out of the region. Maybe you're straight out of Compton like Kenny. Or you're from the north where you don't say anything right. Like they speak weird up there for some reason. But have you been out of the southeast? Have you been to like the north or the west? Or Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about out of the country? Have you been out of the country? Wow, that's, that's more than I thought. So, uh, a couple more. Cruise. Have you been on a cruise? Listen, I love cruises. That's my thing. All right. Um, what about on a plane? Yeah. Okay. More than I thought. You guys are well-traveled. Do you know that? So, so, you know. So, see, something awesome happens when we travel. It's the adventure of leaving the comfort of home and moving into the great unknown. I love to travel. Uh, I didn't travel much before I married my wife, but I love to travel now. See, I like taking cruises. I like flying. And I like just going on weekend getaways. But listen, my favorite are road trips. Just a couple of us in the car. And listen, planning a good road trip takes time, right? you got to have the right music. Preferably me for me. That's the 70s with like... Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles. And you gotta have the right snacks. So what's the right snacks for a road trip? Anybody? Right snack? Chips? Nah, it's weak. What? Crackers, mm. Too bland. Hey, you're close. What? Okay, uh listen, the official snack, what you got, Anthony? Cheetos, you're still wrong. Yeah. It's gummy bears. Come on, it's gummy bears. It is gummy bears. That is the official snack of road trips. Michelle, she's got my back. See, all of these things take time, planning, but the most important thing is you gotta have direction. See, for some, that means having a road map. And for others, that means hitting the road and following the road signs. See, my dad has this amazing talent of hitting the road, following road signs, and he never gets lost but not me. See, that was a talent that was not passed down because I have very poor sense of direction and I get lost easily. This week at Advance, Kenny said, we were going to go to this overlook, right? And Kenny said, can you get me there? And I had to look at him and say, man, I can't get you anywhere. But I know someone who can. That's my wife. See, my wife has great sense of direction and she loves to set me straight whether it be on the road or whether it be in a golf cart. So real quick, we went a few weeks ago to Lakeside, Ohio, on a family vacation. When you get there, so you park your car for the week, and you rent golf carts. Everyone gets around in golf carts. It's my kind of thing. And so there's no real traffic, right? And there's hardly any foot traffic. But when I'm driving a golf cart, my wife thinks I'm driving a 60-ton tank. Because, see, I don't think it's that big of a deal to drive down a one-way street the wrong way in a golf cart, right? And God forbid that you roll through a stop sign in a golf cart. That's all I'm saying. So, But listen, thanks to God's great timing, He put me in the age of GPS. Because I need turn-by-turn directions. And I need that little road construction icon on Google Maps. And I love the clock that counts down to my arrival time. And many of us, need a guidance system. Something that knows the road ahead and have followed correctly, unlike Michael Scott, it'll get us to our destination. And for any of us, which was a lot of you, who like to travel, maybe you've gotten a few of these in your mailbox before. See, that, that is a travel, travel guide. And these travel guides are packed with so much information about how you can spend your time and your money and how you can best enjoy yourself at this particular location. See, this one even has directions on how to get around town. So today, we are going to be in Psalms 37, and we're going to start at verse 23, if you want to get your Bible out or your Bible app. That that verse starts by saying, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Like the travel guides sent to your mailbox, well, God has sent you a guide for your life. His God, the Bible, well, it will direct your steps and it will show you how you can maximize your time, how you can spend your money, and how you can best impact His kingdom here on earth. Many Americans say they wish they read their Bibles more. So that raises the question of what keeps us from reading. And listen, the the reasons, there can be many, and I know it's difficult, and sometimes we simply don't have another second of the day to spare. But Proverbs 4.13 says, take hold of my instruction. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. So, how do we take hold of God's instruction? Well, you have got to spend time in God's Word. And the more time you spend in the Word, the more you will grow and develop as a believer. See, I believe it's about treasuring His Word. It's about writing His Word on your heart. And to do that, well, you have got to read what he has to say about you and your life. Because the enemy, well, he will try to attack. He'll say, you're just some divorcee and no one is ever going to love you again. But you will know the truth from God's Word. The truth that you are loved and you are God's masterpiece. And look, how can anybody not love this fine piece of art? He will try to confront you with your past, and he'll say something. Remember that time you fill in the blank. You well, you should be ashamed of yourself. But you will know that your past does not define you, because God's word says you are a new creation in Him. The old you, it's dead and gone, because you have been raised to life with Christ. Read His word for yourself and treasure it when you do. Reading God's word forces us to turn our gaze, our focus, and our priorities toward Him. It allows us to trust His character, His promise, and His power. It centers our entire existence on God Himself. And it sets every aspect of our life in order. Look guys, to be honest right now, I haven't read the whole Bible. See, I told you, I'm no different than you. It's a big, complicated book at sometimes, right? But there is a hunger in me to know the Word of God. Levi Lusko said a couple weeks ago, to be full of God, you must cultivate a hunger for the Word of God. And God, He's done a miracle in me. A miracle of getting me up here today and the miracle that He has made me a reader. Because over the last five years of my life, I've done just that. I have become a reader. Now, to some of you, that is not a huge deal. But coming from a guy pre Jesus that could count the number of books he had read on he I could count the number of books I'd read on one hand, right? It is a huge step towards spiritual maturity. Kenny once told me that readers are leaders. And look, I want to be a spiritual leader, not only of my family. I want to be a spiritual leader of our worship team. I want to be a spiritual leader of my friendships. I want to be a spiritual leader at this church. So I let Kenny's words encourage me to start a routine. I try to set time aside in the mornings before I get out of my bed to let God and his word impact my heart. And, it, and that sets the tone for my day. See, some days I really get to dig into what God and His Word says. But some days it's as simple as opening the Bible app and reading the Scripture of the day. Or maybe some days I'll just open that same Bible app and read a Bible plan. I also try my best to end my day with another time of Bible reading. It's not about how much time you read. There's no magic number. But it's about being intentional. It's about quality over quantity. See, I read a blog the other day that said if the first and the last thing you do each day is touch your phone, you may be addicted. And in this age, we all can relate to that. But we have the opportunity to flip it. We can make the Bible be the first and the last thing we touch each day. We can be a group that becomes addicted to the Word of God. We can become a group who take hold of it and never let it go. But listen, not only do we have to seek God's instruction through His Word, we have to let Him guide us into His direction. And if you've written God's Word on your heart like we just talked about, well, He's been speaking to you. And it's time to communicate back through prayer. Recently, I viewed an online poll that asked how often Americans pray. And surprisingly, the number, well, it was high. But I would like to go over a few of the things on that list that many Americans say they pray for often. High on the list were prayers for good parking spots. And many prayed not to get speeding tickets. And also on that list were prayers for new vehicles. And listen, guys, prayers for good parking spots. Listen, I know the blessing of that parking spot in front of Walmart, right? Come on now. It's, it's big time. And prayer not to get speeding tickets. Well, I've got a couple of those on my record. And asking God for a new shiny red Ferrari, these aren't horrible things. But let's not stop short. Let's not stop short of asking God for only surface level requests and for His favor. This weekend at Three Strands Advance, one of my favorite moments was at a breakout session. At this breakout session, I believe we got to the heart of prayer and what it really means to ask God for His divine direction. In this session, we were led through a quick study of John 17. And now today, we're not going to go through that, but I would encourage you to do that. And in this session, we were encouraged to follow the lead of Jesus as He prayed to His Heavenly Father. So whether you are a new student driver or you're a seasoned veteran of the road, This is a great guideline to follow in prayer. Pray that God would be glorified in our lives and in our church. Pray for those who are far from God and those He has placed in your life. Pray for other believers and for unity among them in our church, in our county, and in our country. Pray to be filled with joy and for safety from the evil one. Finally, pray to learn God's word, the truth. And finally, pray that you would realize that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. See, and at the end of that session, we left with this one question to ask God. God, what do you have to say to me today at this point in my life? And we went away to be by ourselves, and we prayed and we said, And we listen. See, as you pray, you have got to allow time and space for the Holy Spirit to speak. Listen when He does. And then respond to that prompting. Because wouldn't it be great if you knew which college to attend or who you should date or marry? Listen, God, He knows you have life plans of your own. But what I'm saying is ask Him, and see if he won't guide you to his direction, and he will give you the turn by turn. See, Proverbs 16.9 says, we can make our plans, but the Lord, well, he determines our steps. And two years ago, Tuesday and I planned out this amazing once-in-a-lifetime road trip adventure. It was going to be eight days of driving with ten sightseeing stops throughout the Midwest all the way to Glacier National Park in Montana. We planned out every detail, even down to the bathroom breaks. But we left out the most important detail of all, asking God for His turn-by-turn directions. But look, the trip, it was set. Room reservations were made, and I even bought a GoPro camera because I wanted to record all of the amazing driving, hiking, and camping we were about to do. Listen, guys, we really wanted to go. About a week before we were supposed to leave, We started to pray over this trip as a couple. Look, it's better late than never, right? And we each prayed for a few days on our own. And then we came together to talk about what we thought God had to say about our trip. Never in my life have I heard such a clear and defined no from God. And like I just said, we really wanted to go. But anxiety set in where I had so much peace over this trip. And that piece, well, it left. And Tuesday and I both agreed that we would be obedient to what God was saying to us through prayer. Maybe you've been praying years for God to send you a husband or a wife. Maybe you've been praying years for God to help with an addiction. Maybe you've been praying years for a child. Please don't take the silence of no from God as a no. His silence is is not a no. Take it as a call to a bigger, more obedient faith. To live a Christ-centered life, you must seek God, God's instruction, and allow Him to guide your direction. So being as traveled as you guys are, Maybe you've had to stop and ask for directions before. And maybe that went something like this. Sorry to bother you. Are you in a rush? No. There's a sizzler I was told. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I think it's a red lobster. Red lobster, yeah. yeah. Red lobster. Okay. All right, thanks. <laughs> it's uh You're going to go to the stop sign over there. You're going to make a right. Um Keep going, three, four, five, seven blocks. Definitely not seven. It's definitely less than seven. It's like three or four, three to... I'm gonna make a left on one of those. And uh, just keep going. I think you keep going and then you make a right. And uh, it'll be right there, can't miss it. So if you've been in that situation, you're thinking, I asked for the sizzler and he gave me red lobster. How am I ever going to get there? And there's a choice to be made. And the choice is, are you going to trust the directions? Deuteronomy 7.9 reads, Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He, he is the faithful God who keeps His covenant for a thousand generations. And He lavishes His unfailing love on those who love Him and obey His commands. See, one of the overwhelming characteristics of God is his faithfulness. He is unchanging and wholly devoted. And when we look toward the cross, how can we see anything but his faithfulness? See, Jesus, well, he paid a high price for you and I. And by doing that, he paved a way for a trust, a boldness and a courage that you can take it to the bank, that God will do what he says he will do. So, the choice has to be made. Are you going to trust and be obedient to God's instruction and direction? Because in all of His amazing power, God has left this part of the trip up to you and I. And it's a daily choice to be obedient. I'm sure you've heard the amazing stories of people following God's direction to move out of this city, out of the state, and even out of the country. And now this is one we can relate to as a church. Maybe you've heard the stories of people quitting jobs and high-paying jobs to go into the ministry full-time. Maybe you've heard of families who give almost all of their income to the church. Listen, our God, He's huge. So these stories, they're endless. So how can you, no no matter where you are on your journey of faith, get to that level of obedience? You got to start small. Vincent Van Gogh said great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Maybe for you, it's not about moving out of the country or quitting your job. Maybe it's as simple as serving at your local church. Maybe it's about starting a financial plan to get out of debt that's buried you for years. Maybe for you, it's about eating lunch every day with that unpopular kid or coworker. See, something special happens when we start small. Jesus tells us in Luke 16.10, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. And these small steps of obedience, well, they will lead to some of life's most wonderful blessings. And it's hard. I get it. I understand. Maybe you feel like you don't have time to serve. Or how can I give... 10% of my income to the church when I can't even pay all of my bills. Maybe you say, Opie, man, I, I can't sit with that kid. You don't know what it'll do to my reputation. I understand. I get it. But look, know this, that when you are weak, Jesus is strong. And you can trust what Jesus says. You can take that huge next step of obedient faith and He will be there. Charles Stanley said, obey God and leave all of the consequences to Him. So when we are seeking His instruction and then asking for His direction and then we're obedient to His guidance, well, He's pleased with us. His sons and His daughters. Psalms 37, verse 23 continues to say, He delights in every detail of their lives. The enemy, well, He will try to use your past your shame and your guilt and your brokenness to convince you that He simply doesn't care. But listen, for the Lord your God, well, He is living among you. He is a mighty Savior, and He will take delight in you with gladness. Look, He delights in us, and He gives us everything freely because we belong to Him. Because we are His children, and He is our Father not because of what we do or how holy our lives are. And He's commanded us to be holy because Jesus is holy and we are to be more Christ-like. But our performance and how we live before Him does not determine why and what He gives us. His joy and delight are poured into us enabling us to delight in Him in return. And all of us know that any great journey will have its detours. Because the path is not always as straight and as smooth as we would like it to be. These detours, well, they aren't just journey setbacks. They can be full of road hazards and dangers. And just like the highways of our life, they are full of these same detours, road hazards and dangers. Psalms 34 Thirty-seven, twenty-four says, though they stumble, they will never fail for the Lord holds them by the hand. Well, we just spoke about how faithful God is and you can understand that you can take that step that He'll catch you. He'll be there. You're not going to fall. But look, you will stumble. It's not an if. It's a when. You will hit those dangerous detours. The path will be full of potholes. You may have to swerve around the mess left by others. You may have to navigate the icy roads of failed relationships and you will always have to avoid those journey-ending collisions. One of the greatest road hazards I'm sure we all can relate to is temptation. Mark 14 says, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing but the body is weak. And temptations, well, they they can come from almost any form and it's one of the enemy's greatest weapons. Maybe for you it's flirting with a married coworker. Maybe it's falling back into addictive tendencies. Maybe you're just holding on to a past of shame and failure. Look, temptation is that one road hazard you will have to avoid daily. But here's some great news, you are not alone. Whatever your temptation is, The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God, He is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so you can endure. Look, I'm not a fan of seatbelts. They're annoying and they're never really comfortable. But I get the upside. They keep us from getting seatbelt tickets and maybe dying, right? But... Last year, I got a seatbelt ticket. And now, it was a $25 fine. It wasn't a huge thing to pay. But when you are held accountable for disobeying, you make sure you don't do it again. So now, I wear my seatbelt. And just like wearing a seatbelt, life has a safety device called accountability. Accountability helps us to avoid sin. And when we are accountable to both man and God, it helps us to overcome temptation. Joining a life group here at Three Strands was one of the best decisions of my life. You have got to surround yourself with other Christians who are traveling in the same direction as you. Through God's power and His faithfulness, community, it can put you in a unique position where accountability can become effortless. And when temptations are holding you down, as Stephanie would say, you can hear the two most powerful words in the English language, me too. See, because just knowing that God has placed someone in your life that has the same temptations as you gives you a freedom to be open and honest. Temptation, sin, and the enemy can hold no ground in our lives when we are open, honest, and accountable. And guys, before we move on, just a quick side note. If you didn't know, most detours on highways today are caused by construction. So if you're on a detour right now, God may be working in your life. Maybe He's fixing a financial pothole. Maybe He's building a bridge to a new relationship. Now this detour, it, it will add some travel time to your journey. But here's just an encouraging word. If God is working, don't stop waiting. It will be worth your patience. When it comes to driving in the city or in other metro areas, I fall apart. I lose my cool because it gets crazy and it gets crowded. And I'm just a country boy, right? I always rely on our GPS system to get me where I'm going in those situations. And I push into that guidance system that's available to me. And many times, I've gotten to the end of those journeys and thought, I would have never have gotten here without that thing. See, last year, Tuesday and I went through one of the hardest seasons of our marriage. A season where I really learned what it meant to push into our guidance system. And I believe if we wouldn't have had that system, well, we would probably be lost right now. But at at the end of that season, I get to now look back and proclaim, Jesus, I would have not gotten here without you. Maybe you feel like you've been on a detour for years now, trying to avoid the road hazards. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you are lost. And look, you know the hardest thing about being lost? sometimes you can't even look back and pinpoint where it all went wrong. You, well, you were attending church and you joined a life group and you were trying to be open, honest, and accountable. You, well, you were trying to learn the Word of God. You were trying to be directed by God through prayer. But you missed a turn. You took a wrong exit. Or maybe you just took your eyes off the road for just a moment. And now everything just looks different. But listen, the guidance system, it's there, it's just waiting to be used. And Jesus, well, He hasn't left either. He is right here saying, Trust me, will you shift lanes and follow me? I, well, I know how to get you there. I know who you need to be and I know where you need to be. He's saying, I have something so special for you. He's saying, if you will follow my divine direction, I can do so much in you and so much through you. Ephesians 3 says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Please, if you haven't heard anything today, please just hear this. Jesus, He's been preparing you and the road ahead for an amazing journey with a life and a destination better than anything you might ask or think of. He wants you in the car and He wants you buckled up. He wants you to know Him and have a relationship. He wants you to read His Word And what he has to say about you and your life. And he wants to guide you into his direction through prayer. And if you'll do this, and you'll be obedient to his guidance, look, no detour, no road hazard, will keep you from arriving at his amazing destination. There's only one question to ask yourself today. And the question is, will you surrender to his direction and then trust him with your destination? That's it. Will you follow?